Hello lovely people and welcome to another edition of Quintessentially Queer. I am your host George Rallis and today with us we have the lovely Kevin Peterson. Hello, Kevin. Hi. <laughs> that was a fucking intro, wasn't that it? That was a lot. That was a lot, honey. How are you? I'm good, girl. Welcome to the lovely studio, Vuva Radio, in the heart of Amsterdam. Thank you so much. We're being recorded today, so there's yes. a full visual effect as well. Yes. And we look great. I mean, if you're just listening and you can't see all this, you're missing out. Girl. You really are. Just go on fucking YouTube and yes. look at us. We're also on Instagram Live, but you can't hear the music nor the sound effects, which is a bit unfortunate. Yeah. But it's okay. Bitch, we need to show the shoe first before we yeah, go into show my shoe, intro. Uh, she's a woman, darling. A woman. That's the one. That's the one. That's the one. Okay. So before we get into our interview yes. with the lovely Kevin, um, I will give you a small introduction. But... Before I give you the introduction, let's start with one of Kevin's music selection with Beethoven by Eurythmics. Yes. So that was Eurythmics. Let's get into the intro before we get into the interview with Kevin. So when I asked Kevin to send me some material to read in order to kind of like bounce back from one another, he sent me this interview that was on Grona. Grona? How do you pronounce it? What? The website Grona, don't know. Oh, the Grona. The Grona, right, sure. <laughs> the green. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, work. Nice. Love it. Amsterdam Loves work. it. So the interview, as I translated it, right? So sorry if I kind of like fucked it up. It was, it is Mustache, says the director, by Naomi Velisariu. So the writer was asked, okay, to audition for a girl's series in which the characters were quite simplistic in a girl gang. They were easily identifiable, quite mainstream and a bit like one dimensional. The problem arose due to the fact that her as an actress, but also as a theater maker, had too many expectations in regards to the internal structures of the roles she was asked to play, and thus she was feeling a split between her making and her acting skills. She says, 
As a theater maker, I feel the responsibilities that belong to an autonomous artist and that I find it difficult that as an actor you're not supposed to be busy with the content of the artwork you're part of because there is simply a scarcity of roles and a surplus of actors. So the rhetoric of the crazy, overcomplicated, hysterical woman is not an unfamiliar one. Um, from our mom shouting at us to do the fucking chores to our girlfriend that's kind of like busting our balls and us replying to, oh, you get like this when you're in your period. The writer, right, uh, Naomi, she was often found difficult when she asked substantive questions about her characters in terms of how she had to play them as an actress, but also what it meant for the bigger picture when they were played the specific way. She was asked to lose weight, to be softer, plenty of times, and be considered as um, like one of the guys, let's say. She says that she has a very attuned sense of living whenever she would find a direct misery, trouble, or this kind of like unfairness going on. A quality that has saved her from a lot of misery as a woman, but which often killed her as an actress, she says. What is created through this interview is a question not just of the foundations of patriarchy, but also the theatricality it asks of women, for example, to encompass an impossible level of unity between masculinity and femininity. If you ask me what it is that they're asking of, is a self-explorative journey of basically impossibility. Within particular feminist schools of thought, like radical libertarian feminism, the ideal which seems to animate future visions is that of androgyny. Androgyny usually refers to the behavior each person adopts for the expression of their gender, regardless of their biological sex. I'm not talking about androgyny as an aesthetic. In this way, ideally, each woman must encompass a balanced unity of gender characteristics and hence overcome gender oppression and sexism through the adoption of the good male characteristics. Not too much, though, because then you actually won't be a woman. However, such an assumption that some behaviors are inherently masculine or feminine consolidate the oppressive binary that gender is. Furthermore, if we assume that gender expression is performed socially and thus is in need of social validation, then the failure of some expressions is inevitable. Through comparison, one's gender expression always functions in respect to a social context, thus making it more politicized, inherently, actually. Um, this politicization, though, right? Individuals, according to it, perform accordingly in order to make the most ideal impressions on others, using the resources around them to develop the most ideal version of themselves, according to those structures. This establishment of idealized expectations is exactly what Judith Butler was trying to tackle at a later stage for the libertarian feminists, I mean, by claiming that gender is not expressive but performative bitch. If the standard of comparison is always according to the highest power, this case being patriarchal, then it is inevitable that anyone who is not part of that power will always be subordinate. Thus, one may argue that the treatment of socially curated characteristics as concretely appropriated as masculine or feminine not only invokes a false essentialism and empowers the binary of oppression, but also it enforces a gendered homogeneity that not everyone can or even want to subscribe to. I mean, you should just look at us here <laughs> and you're just going to see that, bitch. The I personification. Mean, Sorry. Mm. I mean, I'm crying. I mean, no. yes, you are. <laughs> Crying, crying glitter. Anyway, as Butler has argued, the social agent sometimes becomes the object behind the action 
as we presuppose that the agent actually has the free will to perform the action itself. The attempt by radical libertarian feminists to bring to the female awareness the ideal of androgyny forgets that not all women actually have the circumstances to accept such terms. They're trying to showcase the need for a balanced nature, yet by working within the stereotype, they arguably reinforce it. What constitutes gender, according to Butler, is not simply the individualistic identity of the actor. It is the constitution of that identity as a compelling general illusion that is established through, first of all, belief, and second of all, by large-scale naturalization. Therefore, by proclaiming that an androgynous gendered expression would be the ideal, implies that every woman should act in a specific way regardless of the true circumstances of her life. Ironically, though, if seen through the example, women are, women are still viewed as subordinate even if they literally can act in an androgynous way. And the way I say this is because she actually was an actress. I'm not talking about her personality because I don't actually know her. The reason I use this example is because exactly it shows that even if you do have the chance to deny a dictation of personality in acting, I mean, it shows um, the subordination is still there and is implemented socially even after you leave the stage or even actually even before you get on the stage. It is the perfect metaphor for Butler, Butler's argument as Veril, Veril Sariu, that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Literally had to perform gender on stage, thus having the ability to deny such a role. Yet the subordination, she felt, evidently started from outside the theater walls as she was too aggressive to begin with. Or she even had the idea to think about her role in a bigger way rather than just what it was on the paper, which shouldn't be the case, you know? Society dictates women how they should present themselves to the outside world, regardless of how developed their masculinity or femininity is at the end of the day. This assumed homogeneity is constituted by specific acts and encompasses specific characteristics that should be unjustly and arbitrarily applied to a woman. Some women do like wearing heels, others don't. The point is not only for women to get a seat at the table. The point is to burn the fucking table to the ground and sit on the floor all together as that's the only way we can ground ourselves in empathy and that would actually transcend gender and performative fucking expectations. And that's all she had to say about it. I Wait. Mean, Wait, wait, wait. There is a sound effect for this as well. Is it? Is it here? I think this is... Yeah, bitch. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean... Okay, Talk before... Right? <laughs> okay, before we move into the part of the interview, let's go to another song by Kevin, yeah. which is I Can't Fuck... Yeah, this is actually from Permanent Destruction and Naomi, what, what the person that you just mm -hmm. talked about, she is part of this group. <gasps> so, so she sings this song. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. bitch, work. Actually, and it's actually based on like uh, a play by Sarah Kane. Blasted. No, no uh, Psychosis. Oh, work. Okay, I can't nice. Fuck. Nice, nice. Awesome. I am sad. I am fat, I can eat, I can sleep, I can think, I can write, I can love, I can fuck, 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 I can fuck. 
insomnia, anorexia, paranoia, hypochondria, dementia, dyskinesia, kleptomania, and dysphoria, hospitalization, fast humiliation, afraid of medication, clawing desperation. How can I return to form? Now my formal thought has gone. Drowning in a sea of logic. Woke up in a pool of vomit. And then I said, Sleep with a dog and a rice full of fleas. Sleep with a dog and a rice full of fleas. Sleep with a dog and a rice full of fleas. Sleep with a dog and a rice full of fleas. Okay, so that was I Can't Fuck by Permanent Destruction uh, that is actually Naomi's part of. Yep. Yeah. Can you please share what you told me before when the song was playing? Uh, well, it's like she makes performances. It's like a theater- theatrical uh, concert that she does and she bases it around a writer that she finds interesting or a philosopher that she finds interesting. And this one, I Can't Fuck, if you know the text by Sarah Kane, the 4.4, like the 4.5, um psychosis text um it's based on that and it's kind of interesting because she does like these whole uh like these techno kind of parties nice. but it's actually very existential and it's very about questioning what uh it is to be a performer and like a musician and it's actually quite interesting so if you have like a chance to see her you should definitely okay word you'll know that I mean, mm-hmm. I've le- I've read some Sarah Kane when I was in uh, my bachelor's, but mm. I I did Blasted, w- which I yeah. loved, and like another one that I actually don't remember. Cause, cleansed, uh, cleansed, maybe I don't know. I don't. Remember. She did like a few. I don't remember. It was Blasted and another one, but it was about war again. Ah, uh, I don't know. This one. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, um, but Blasted had a party in it that was very sexually explicit as well. So yeah. No, yeah. It doesn't matter. How are you, babes? How are you I'm holding okay. up? I'm okay. Like it's an interesting time. It is an interesting time. Very now. interesting, and it's very interesting as an artist, and it's very interesting as a student, mm. um, because I'm graduating this year, and it's very interesting to graduate in this year. It's very feels very disconnected, which I also kind of like, because <laughs> I'm, I'm very much like I'm not a loner, but I'm, I'm like I'm like a very much an introvert. Yeah. So I really like my time at home. Yeah. But then again, I recharge when I'm with people. So mm-hmm. I, I really live of this balance mm. between between like extremes so it's kind of like okay well i'm just at home sitting having a glass of wine <laughs> writing some stuff you, you have know s- you have such a soothing radio voice <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, girl. I mean, I feel you honestly as an as a uh, I'm like an extreme extrovert, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I go fucking crazy now to be quite honest cuz I get my energy off people too, but yeah. we shall survive. I mean, you know? we will, we will, and it's um it's interesting. I mean, it's very I kind of enjoy like the energy in the city mm-hmm. cuz it's very slow. And I yeah. was talking with like my teacher and she said like it feels very much like the 70s. And I was just like I'm wrong. I'm in the wrong time, bitch. Yeah. I would be like fierce. That, that sounds amazing actually. Yeah, Amsterdam right. It's like it's like very slow and it's very like it's very that, but it's kind of like we live in such a different time now. Yeah, it's, girl. And it's interesting though. I think it's very it's it's it asks a lot of interesting questions. To be quite honest, like I'm I'm quite shocked that people are going back to shopping. Girl. So, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, guilty. <laughs> to be quite honest, because like I was walking uh, around the city like a couple like last week actually after the podcast, and I was passing by and I saw H and M. They had all these like lime extravaganza window. Mm. And if anyone that knows me personally, they know I'm like obsessed with the color lime. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, yes, bitch, because they had yeah. this like really cute lime hat. But then I, I actually saw people waiting outside, and only three going in. And I'm like, I don't fucking need a lime hat. Just go home, bitch. So I get why, but then it's like, I saw this bitch the other day and she was holding these like huge bags from Primark and I'm like, ah. babes. Uh, oh, know? but I didn't know that those stores already reopened. Oh yeah, babe. Yeah. Ah. Crazy. Girl. Anyway, yeah. fuck the stores now and fuck around now. We're not here to talk about that. We're I here, mean, yes. We're here to talk about you. Yes. And your art. Yes. Misogyny. Yes. Gender. Yes. Sexism. Yeah. And like, just us. Like, yeah, I mean... Whatever you want to talk about. Don't yeah, girl. It's, cool <laughs> it's your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you studied scenography at the Amsterdam School of the Arts, yes. right? Yes. I'm graduating this year. Bitch, work. Congratulations yes. on on making it. Yes. Basically. <laughs> yes. Um, so I will read a part of your portfolio that you sent to me. Yes. Uh, that you describe yourself that I found so beautiful. You, you say... As a maker, I am interested in humanity, not in its pure form, but in its conceptual potential. The things that take place within the carnal shell, the things that otherwise remain hidden. I'm constantly looking for connections (laughs) between people, small contact moments. I'm looking for physical relationships in space, on the body, my universe. I want you a doll. I want you soft. Access to your body, contact. We're always connected to each other on my planet. Looking into eyes, holding hands, a permanent embrace. Yes. Bitch. <laughs> nice. That is beautiful. Thank you. That is amazing. Thank you. How, how do you, how, where did that come out of? Um, is that kind of like your aesthetic disposition? I mean, I presume so. Yeah, I mean, I like this, is, uh, this text especially, it's kind of like I'm really looking, because we were just like talking about it a bit, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that in a world that is that is living so disconnected mm-hmm. because we live through our phones, we live through our uh, screens and we live through television, which is which is also a great medium, but it's also a medium wherein you can lose a lot of real connections and yeah. like connections that we have right now and like talking to each other and discussing this kind of stuff. And it's um, I think the the human race needs a bit more love. Mm. like we need a little bit more love and i'm not like like love peace man i'm not like that <laughs> but it's just like i think we should like feel like more connected to each other it's like yeah it's like the basic human thing to yeah. have to talk to each other and to hold each other i mean in this time it's hard to do because we can't touch each other but 
I mean, you know what it is. It's like. Um, but connection comes from a deeper place rather than just yeah. touch. Obviously, touch yeah, is yeah. the application of that. But like, actually, right? The um, reason I call Heidegger my daddy is because he has yes. like <laughs> a last year in like super complicated theory about the yes. truth and how we're vulnerable to one another. And I mean, he finishes the whole thing. Yeah. By saying that we're all submerged in the same moment in the lake of forgetfulness. Yes. And I'm like, oh, don't yeah. I was just, I was just reading like the time and being. Oh like yeah. This, yeah, like yeah. This book mm-hmm. and it's like from Heidegger and yeah. I'm like, I mean, it's kind of like I take it with a grain of salt because it's also a lot. It's a but lot. It's, but it's actually it, he says a lot of nice things and I think it's a very good recommendation for people that are. If you're really, into that. If you're into that. I yeah. mean, I'm into it. So we're talking about it. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> bitch. Like, I love, I told you. Like, I, I think, I don't know how many essays are on Heidegger. Yeah. I always kind of, like, go back to him. But being in time, I think, it's being in time and time and being, being in time. Time and being, I think. I well, know. it's in Dutch. It's like Titan Zang. Okay. I think but it's I being in time in English. I don't know it's in English. English. Like. Whatevs. Um, but, like, literally every time that I read it, I see, like, a very performative aspect in it as well. Yes, exactly. Because the words just kind of, like, bounce out of the fucking page. And yeah. also, really, especially in post-structuralist and metaphysical, even philosophy, like, you don't really read every word no. as that. You just, no. like... Blah, 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 blah. No, it's, like, it's like, talk, it's like reading, uh, reading a feeling. Yes. To me. Yes, bitch. And that's actually kind of, like, what relates back into my work, I think. Yeah. So. How would you describe your work? Your, like, art, I don't want to say aesthetic. I hate that word. Yeah, yeah. But. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can, oh, of course. But it's, um, I work in a lot of different media, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, but most of the time, my biggest, like, inspiration is identity and the performativity yeah. of mm-hmm. identity. So I think my work in general revolves around that and like constantly questioning what being human is and and that's kind of like um that expresses itself in like the the clothes that i make Mm -hmm. in the performances i make in the texts that i write in the Mm -hmm. um uh, sonographies that i do so it's like it, it goes in a lot of different areas. So I'm very interested in a lot of different areas. So I'm like really into fashion. I'm very into theater, of course. I'm a, like a theater kid yeah. by heart. Yeah. And no shame in that. No, of course. Um, not. Only pride. Yeah, only pride, only bitch. Pride, bitch. Um, so it's like it's it really, it, it's very fluid in that way. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you, uh, I mean, I hate to say it because I find it very cliche to say to your, like to t- to uh, call yourself an artist yeah in this time yeah because i don't know yeah. um <laughs> but i'm kind of getting used to that word because it's uh-huh. kind of like i used to hate it yeah i used to hate it i always uh would call myself like a creator or a maker okay which i think is much which also is much ap- more appropriate for what i do i think yeah i, I create and you're I very hands-on yeah 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 it's just like my work is like a balance between like a a philosophical part and like the 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 tactile things yeah you know what's weird is that actually i mean actually just dawned on to me now that you're like a very hands-on person but has this very kind of like existential and like philosophical let's say output on it but i'm the other way around so i start from the like existential theoretical shit but then I, i essentially kind of like try to make it more like I don't know, a performance, a party, like an essay talking about how you kind of like just are a nicer person, mm-hmm. basically. Because at the end of the day, I think philosophy, that's what it does and that's what it should do at least, like yes. teach you how to n- be less of a cunt. 
you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 lessons in learning and lessons yeah. in uh, life. I think. Yes. I see it. I yes, see it honey. like that. And that's it. You can take whatever you want from that if you. Want yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is there a specific artistic process which you follow, or do you kind of like let it happen intrinsically? Because I know. That emotion is an essential part of your work, which we yes. will get into later. Yes. But I just want to kind of like lay down the practice, the practical side of it first. Yes. Um. I mean, I don't know if it's if there's like one, mm-hmm. um, specific process I do. I'm very, um, what you say it's like I'm a very hands-on person. So if I have like I've I in, in my work I always follow my intuition. Mm-hmm. So I have a very strong like uh, sen- uh, world of senses. Yeah. So I can be I can sense very quickly if I like something or I don't like something or if I see potential in something. Yeah. So like um you know like I made this dress uh, like a few like a, uh, a week ago uh-huh. and I just had this fabric laying around and it just like yeah. I saw the fabric again and I was just like oh this. <laughs> it needs to be like a dress like this and i don't know why you know it's like just i follow my intuition in what i do and yeah. there's not like oh i'm just gonna read a book and then i'm gonna take another book and then i'm gonna cut something out of the book yeah. you know what it is so it's like very yeah, yeah. that and usually after when i uh, like after i create it i give it a name or i try to um sense what it is yeah so i give like um then i give a name to it <laughs> yeah okay work no it's i, a- like this, I so. ask i ask this to everyone because like yeah. um i mean obviously I, I don't expect someone to be like so step one step no, two no, no, step, no, of yeah. course not but like it's really funny seeing how each person like taking it from which angle you know what i mean um like i personally uh i talked about this uh on the last episode with uh brian boy the second one actually with chelsea boy yes lol <laughs> <laughs> brian chelsea boy yeah anyway um Because, like, if I find an art piece, let's say, or a song or a garment that, like, really inspires me, like, okay, bitch, how am I going to make this fit? So it just kind of, like, catalogs in my brain as there. And then, like, when I find another, it's like, bam, bam, bam. It's like a collage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? This is actually kind of, like, a good way to describe it. It's very much, like, a collage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's also what I do. Oh, yes. very much I piece it together. So I just, like, a little bit from there, and I take a little bit from there, and then it's just like, oh, well, that's... Oh my god, Something. you you made the dress you made for Kaliobi. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, bitch. Yes. Art. Thanks. Art. It was yeah. beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank and you. the one you're wearing now, bitch, work. Thank you. Come through. Okay. Are there any specific artists that you kind of like inspire you're inspired by or look up to? Because this is giving me, I told you before, look, gives me very like Comte Garçon vibe and uh, Junior Watanabe a little bit like, you know. Work. All that. Yeah. Those are people that are, those are brands or like uh, Raika Vukubo that yeah. designs for Comme de Garçon is a very big inspiration. It's I look up to a lot. Like, I don't really look up to people. I don't have a lot of, like, idols. Idols, yeah, okay. Uh, except Amanda Lapore. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of people that I look up to. And, like, when I was growing up, I really... I loved and I lived for Alexander McQueen. Mm. Because, like, I went... I used to, like, study his shows. Yeah. Because I just loved the... Uh, the theatrical aspect of his work and then the very like serious tailoring the like the um, yeah the, the tailoring it's ambacht in 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 dutch but i just don't know how to say it in like like uh, precise no not precise no no pristine no no, no okay it's fine. it's fine um <laughs> so i really like re- uh, craft i really like really well crafted things oh yeah and then take it into a, like blow it up mm mm-hmm. mhm 
blow it out of proportion and just make it very theatrical but very serious at the same time. Uh, so I really loved Alexander McQueen. I can tell you like every show and every year. What's your favorite? If you Fall, winter, one. 2009. Which one was that? That's the one with like the trash. Uh, like oh the, my God, the yes. The trash one What's with like the- Horn of Plenty. Horn of Plenty. Yes, bitch. Same, same. Nice, nice. That's my, and the, and the, and the, um, and the one in the asylum. Oh yeah. That's, I just, I don't know what year that is. I think it's like- three. Yeah, it's no, earlier. It's earlier, yeah, yeah. The one with the- like under not underwater with the puzzles here right yeah and with the birds and yeah with like, because yeah, it, it's yeah, again yeah. very theatrical and that's what i love yep. about it because when the audience came in it was like a mirror and yes. it's like a two-way mirror and, and then, then the, the models couldn't look out and oof. like then you had like an installation in the middle that was based on like a joe peter witkin mm-hmm. uh photographer uh, photo that i love as well again transitioning into like <laughs> artists so those are kind of like I I really like the gruesome. I really like yes. the campy. I really like the colorful. I really like the very serious artists. Mm-hmm. Like, but I also like I like I love people like Grayson Perry. Yes, Those are, like that's a huge one for me. I love Thomas uh, Thomas Hishhorn. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't love, know Thomas Hishhorn. Like he makes a lot of art with trash. Okay, but it's like very beautiful and very political. Oh, nice. And I love Louise Bourgeois. Yes. which is all again like i really like i really gravitate to people mm-hmm. that can express themselves in a lot of ways so i'm very interested in people that um, <laughs> what is going on i don't know like i just noticed the microphone i was looking at my laptop and it was like oh my god we're getting a microphone yes, direction here yes nice i have that effect on people i mean sorry and like uh i'm fas- like i'm in- inspired by multiple people i love john galliano yes i love martin margella mm. um so I, I love a lot of people and i love but i love like certain aspects of people so it's kind of like i don't have like the one that i enjoy the most yeah yeah yeah. um speaking of fashion kind of like art uh who was it judy chicago that did kind of like the scenography for the dior resort or i I think it's a a, the haute couture one it was that couture yeah 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 you're right last year i didn't like it to be fair like i liked the idea but i didn't like the fact that it was like applied to dior because i actually don't think that dior is doing all that to be quite honest if you ask me love judy chicago loved the concept but the pairing with Dior was a bit like, girl, what? How? I mean, um, I mean, I can, I can actually kind of understand it in a context to Dior because it's uh, Maria Grazia is uh, designing for them now, and it's like the first female artistic yeah. director to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can, I can understand why she would want to take it in that direction because she's dressing women and she's, she wants to dress women, like she wants to dress for women and yeah. not. Like make them into like an object yeah, model, yeah, yeah. like you know what I mean. Like I've, I mean, I've read the analysis to be quite honest of every collection. I've kind of like been following her work, Maria Grazia. I mean, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't share it to be quite. I don't share the sentiment because it's like, at the end of the day, also fashion is something that is quite like superficial and practical. Course, you know course, what I mean? So yeah, okay the sales have increased substantially since she took on. Yeah, of course, it's like, it's about sales. Yeah, uh, but so. then also it's like, girl, also like you made an haute couture collection that is all just basically basic dresses and you keep on making the same collection every yeah. season since you took on the fucking house. 
And I'm not saying that they're ugly, but all I'm saying is like, bitch, bring something new, especially yeah. if you're charging like each dress that expensive. Of course. You know, and because I see the potential. Yes. She makes beautiful dresses, but it's like, I see the dress, the tool dress with a strap that says Christian Dior and it's like a little bit of corseting and it's a little bit sheer and it's like paired with like flats. Yeah, feminism. but I mean, uh, like if you're, but if we're talking about that, it's kind of like we can like also like branding is such a huge thing right mm. now for most of the brands. If you're like talking about Balenciaga or yeah. Louis Vuitton or like, like these really huge brands, they sell yeah. on the brand yeah. and they don't like... I mean, I don't know if you saw like the last Balenciaga show, but oh yeah, girl. I'm also not like the the biggest Demna fan. So no, I mean, not at all, actually, because I have the same problem. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Is it this one? Bam! No, it's not well, this one. Well. Wait, maybe it's this. <laughs> is this. You know, that's the vibe. That's the vibe for me. And I like mean, Demna, and it's also about taste. So it's also about like what's what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. I mean, I love the designers that just put out one collection each year. And yeah right like on the garçon or something mm -hmm. like this i, I enjoy mm. those a lot yeah beyond though let's move over let's move away from fashion because yes. i want to talk to you about kind of like um okay we started from fashion right yes. but i see beyond fashion because i know you personally as well right yes that you're a very artistic person it transcends kind of like the this confident like art maker mm -hmm. that uh, you claimed before, right? Mm -hmm. You can see an artistic side in the way you dress, which is why we talked about fashion so much. You talk, carry yourself. Like, how do you think that was created, right? Um, were you, I don't know, were you inspired? Your emotional psyche obviously plays a big part in it, which yes. we will talk later on about your performances and art. Yes. But would you say that it's also kind of like um, a social response to reality? And kind of like how you see the world or is it more kind of like about your personal like world, let's say, because I know you're quite socially aware and very yes. politically fueled in your performances. Yes. So I just wanted to see how like what is your opinion on that and to what way do you think that art can either be a response to that or an aid? I mean, I think I've always uh, like, especially if we talk about how we dress, how I dress and how I talk and the things I'm interested in, it's. I think I've always had that. I've, I've always had that as a child. I always mm -hmm. gravitated towards like yeah. the things that I am like gravitated towards now. So I think in that way, I came much more aware mm -hmm. of that. It, it's that it doesn't fit into a norm. Yeah. And in that way, and like when I, um, the, how do you say, um, when I got aware of it, I, use it as a way to start a conversation or mm -hmm. make a political statement or just be that way because she also yeah. talked a, a little bit about it last week mm -hmm. and i mean even if i go out in in i mean for me clothes are like the most performative thing yeah. you can do or you can wear but in a way i don't use that in a way to shock people yeah. or to uh, like oh like look at me I'm wearing makeup and I'm looking and I'm yeah. looking this and this and this and this yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really do it in that way because I like solely dress for myself mm -hmm. because I want to feel good and yeah. I want to feel that fantasy because I also I've ha I didn't have that growing up so much so for me it's also kind of a way to live my fantasies work really. bitch yeah live it Learn and, it, live it, love um, it. 
What did you ask before? Because I have like another question. No, my question was basically how do you how do you incorporate this kind of like emotional aspect of it um, yes. in comparison to the political? Because yes. I mean, okay, yeah, essentially, yeah. right? Your performances that I've seen so far were partly very intrinsic. Yes. Yet the fact that they were being expressed in the way that they were yes. made them quite political and socially aware. So I'm saying kind of like to what extent is this a relationship of symbiosis or, you know, what what's the relationship to you, essentially? Mm -hmm. um, a teacher told me once, like, the more personal you get, the more universal you, you will be understanded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think in that way, I'm I'm a very... Um, not a vulnerable person, but I am very in, I'm very in touch with my like emotions. Yeah. So by being very in touch with my emotions, mm -hmm. using it in a performative space to to share a story, really, and how I do it, like what I do is more like I want to basically reach out a hand to someone. Yeah. And just like say to them, take my hand. I want to tell you a story and I want to just do it in that way. Yeah. So it's very much very personal. Yeah. And in that way it makes it political because we live in a day and age that the personal is very political. Yes, bitch. So and I think I and that and that's what I what I do in my performances and when I do like the lip syncs or like the the more like performative stuff in the theater. Mm -hmm. It's always about that because I think by just telling a story and telling a, telling a very personal story, you can instantly make a connection to someone. Yes, 100, 100%. I, you never really remember what a show was about or what they were wearing, but you always, always remember how they made you feel. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the feeling you get out of it. Yeah, and it's also like when I think back on my life and when I think back in my memories, mm -hmm. I, I never really, I, I don't remember things chrono uh, chrono chronologically so yeah. i don't I, my time is not linear so i don't really uh exper experience it in that way so in that way i i experience most things when i think back i see images yeah and i feel feelings or remember music and i don't know if that answers your question but it's it, it, it yes it's a bit does. more of an yeah an insight in it really does um Beyond the emotional part, right, of yes. your um, performances and your aesthetic, yeah. I guess, yeah. I think where we really connect is this element of kind of like political camp yes. that you put in. I've talked about the politics of camp with my uh, interview with Chelsea Boy, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to get into it again. Mm -hmm. But I can see that as a person, and actually that's, I think, why we're friends too, is that you actually take what you do very seriously. You don't you don't take yourself too seriously. You know what I mean? Because there's a very thin line between like actually respecting your craft and respecting your idiosyncrasy and yeah. then thinking that kind of like you are that it's what you believe and what you do is not really who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so in this way, um, beyond the emotional depth that are in your performances, right? Mm -hmm. um, they are delivered in a funny and comical entertaining way that make them actually also approachable. Yes. So is there a reason for this polarity? I mean, I think the, the, best, the best art is the art that um, tells a story uh, questions what you like what you think mm -hmm. and what you are and in that way my performances like if we're talking about like drag performances mm -hmm. or like the more like like that stuff I think 
if I can laugh at myself, you can laugh at yourself. Yes. So it's like yes. when I, if I want to do a song dressed like this, I mean, if you're watching this, I think when you can laugh at yourself, you mm -hmm. can laugh at the world. And that's like the most important thing in life is that you can just, bitch, I'm like, look at this fucking makeup I'm wearing right yeah. now. Yeah. Like, look at this fucking lid, bitch. Yes. Look at, look at, look at this dress. Yes. This shoe. Yes. You know, like when you like when you can laugh at something, you can also then you can also see the seriousness mm -hmm. within that piece. Like me lip syncing to the song that you're like maybe like about to hear. I like will later on. That would be the somewhere. closing one. Um like it's a like that song mm -hmm. is about to me is about queer pain. Yes. And me lip syncing it in like this huge ass ball gown with my face painted up in like a wig. I mean, then you can laugh at the situation. Yeah. And laughing at like this is also what Joan Rivers says. If you can laugh, you if you can laugh about it, you can deal with it. That that's true. That's very true. Yes. So if you can deal with all the because it's it's heavy, you know, like this life is heavy in general and being a queer person is heavy and being like a minority in general mm. is very heavy. Mm. But if you can laugh about it, you can actually like cope with it a bit more if you yes. know what i mean like and this is also i've always been like attracted to like the campy and the like the whimsical people because i just i love i, I just love that i just I, i have no explanation for it i just really enjoy like the john waters like the oh the, honey divine like the divine icon, icon like you know and but like and, and that's just like the tip of the iceberg because yes. you have like the the beautiful drag queens in, in Fire Island that do like the, the, the Far Farla Jean Mermans. Mm -hmm. Like those girls are just like so serious and they have like a lot to say and it's like you can, they can express it in a way yes. that you can approach it and then after rise, you, you're, you're just like, she talked about patriarchy. Yes, bitch. That's it. Coco Peru. For instance, oh my god, yeah. I love this is the fucking like generation of drag and camp and art yeah. that I um like resonate with yeah, the most, to be yeah. quite honest. Yeah. Um and it's quite sad for people our age and our generation that they actually don't know. So they okay, obviously they know Lady Bunny because of like drag race. But I mean yeah. like they listen to like Coco Peru, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're kind of like, oh, is she like an upcoming queen? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, bitch, it's not just Vela Chachki. No, exactly. Who is snatched, but kind of like, okay. Yeah, you I mean, know. you, um, to build something new, you have to know what's behind you. Yes. Or what's, yes. who built the foundation to mm -hmm. do that. Because we live in like a quite fabulous time. Yes, we fucking to, do, Because like, I can wear this makeup and not be like. Gay bashed. Cha like chased mm. i mean let's not get into that uh -huh. we will later like, on that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we move on to a song and then actually go into a bit more personal and political stuff yes i'd like to talk for example right uh, this polarity that you have between um okay on in your performances the let's say it is let's say like camp and funny and on the other hand emotional and existential But in your aesthetic as a scenographer, from what I gathered, at least from the work that I've seen, is that you go between like the super deep and the super simple, right? Yes. Because you're using minimalism and you're kind of like redefining it in a way that um, there's a lot of things packed into it. 
you know, even though visually it might not be the case because yeah. it is so simple. Yeah. At least I personally was my interpretation of it. Oh, you, I, I, that's described beautifully. Thank mm -hmm. you. You get invited to really pay attention to the lines, yes. to the coloring, yes. to the placement, like all these kind of like, let's say, secondary uh, attributes that you wouldn't necessarily pay attention to if it was just like maximalism yeah, yeah. or surrealism, you know? I In your portfolio, you reimagined Macbeth. That was yes. my favorite one that I've seen. That was like, bitch, work. Thanks. Uh, you know? Yeah. Um, that's basically a tragedy about Shakespeare and it's just kind of like about seeking power for power's sake, right? And it's making all these questions about the sovereignty and he kills the king of Scotland. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. fucking drama, you know? It's Shakespeare. Mm, oh, very dramatic. <laughs> very, very dramatic. But you chose a very sentimental and personal way to show it. Yes. How is that? I mean, it was beautiful, darling. Thank you. Um... I just, uh, I just re when I read the script and when I wrote, like, I read the text, I was just like, I just felt a lot for Macbeth. Yeah, because it's just a, it's a person that falls into a, a very big power structure. Yeah, and or at least he wants to be in this power structure, and he just sees it crumbling down, mm. um, uh, like uh, in front of him. And I just, I, I could relate to that in a, in a way that I was like, I kind of, let's try and not make him the bad guy because it's very human. Yes, yes. I just wanted to make it because all these like tragedies and if you watched like some of these tragedies, they are very reinterpreted as like either, even like the male figure or the female figure, or, like whatever, like the, uh, um, like the person that plays like the lead the protagonist protagonist thank you i just lost that one. love you, <laughs> thank you. Um, like the protagonist it's kind of like you either fall for them or you hate them yeah and in this way i just i just wanted to sh portray him as human yes and i just yes, want yes. I, don't, I didn't want to portray him as a, a male or a female mm -hmm. or gay straight like whatever i just wanted to portray him human like as a person that's not understanding what's happening yeah. in front of him and just like does stuff to kind of like save his ass yes and um is, yeah and this is like what the i mean what what it was i think uh yeah i think as queer people in general we tend to like really identify and associate with these kind of like vulnerable characters yes and that hide inside them like a deep level of um I don't want to say discomfort, and I don't know what the exact emotion would be. Yeah. Let's say, but they face a crisis anyway in their mind, yes. and this transcends the narr the narrative of the like doomed homosexual yeah, that yeah, is yeah. the lamb. It's simply because, for example, like and women have this as well, right? Yeah. We actually have to think about the streets that we have to, yes. for example, walk on if you're dressed a specific way. Yes. Or the things you have to, you can say, yes. especially to like a straight man, you know what I mean? Or I personally b battle a lot with um, the idea of feminism and, yes. and kind of like how I treat it. Because at the end of the day, for me, feminism should be about women. It yeah. is about women. It's not about men at all. Everything else is about men, bitch. Like feminism shouldn't be like that too, you know? Mm. So every time that I talk about that, I try to be super self-conscious with the way I portray my ideas. Because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, their impact isn't directly targeted towards me. Yes. You know, and that is male privilege in itself. Yeah. Um, 
So yes, uh, let's put on one more song and then go to the last part of our interview, darling. Yes. Let's go to Don't Cry Out Loud by Melissa Manchester. That is actually the song that you were talking about performing. Yes. Baby cried the day the circus came to town Cause she didn't want parades just passing by her So she painted on a smile and took up with some clown While she danced without a net upon the wire I know a lot about her cause you see Is an awful lot like me. Don't cry out loud, just keep it inside. saw that when they pulled the big top down They left behind her dreams among the litter In the different kind of love she thought she found There was nothing left but sawdust and some glitter So, that was Don't Cry Out Loud by Melissa Manchester. Love yeah. that, by the way. Yeah, it's like, I want to have that at my funeral <laughs> so let's go to a bit more like personal stuff now since we're reaching the end almost yes has this um existential questioning right that you have and you portray in your art been an intrinsic part of growing up for you like wh where were you born i was born in like a small town like just uh underneath amsterdam okay how was that for you um i mean i've always had like the connection to like the city So it's kind of like, because like I had family here and I could just like, I always had like this duality. Yeah. But I did like primary school there and then I did high school in Harlem, mm -hmm. which is also near Amsterdam. It's like a little bit like a smaller version of Amsterdam. And it's, yeah. um, I mean, looking back on it, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I mean, I, I always look on, I always look back on it like with a lot of, mixed emotions of course mm -hmm. because it was just like it was really difficult because i was always like the, the obvious one out you know? yeah, like yeah the yeah. odd one out so it was like the obvious one like the one like oh he wants to like bitch like this is the best story i did my first communion mm -hmm. for the fucking catholic church with blue hair what <laughs> like <laughs> this is like <laughs> nice that's, that's amazing like, that's amazing that's like the level of like You know, and like my, my mom spotted that very early in my life mm -hmm. because my mom really shaped a lot of who I am now. Yes. Um, because my, I didn't have a lot of connection with my dad and he wasn't really in a picture a lot. Um, but, uh, and it's also because my mom is a costume designer and a seamstress. So I was, I was 
brought up with being creative. Mm-hmm. So I made my own toys. I made like like tote bags. I did like the whole shebang, you know, like I wore like a t-shirt on my head and like pretended it was hair, you know, like that shit. And she always like allowed it. So yeah. she allowed me to really be that person. Yeah. And she was just like, and she didn't push me. She just saw that I had like a natural gravitation to those things. So she was just like, do you want to go to drawing class? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Because, uh, and I always did that and she allowed me to do that. And I mean, it was, of course, it was hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, girl, like being the one, like, oh my God, I have a dance class at like (laughs) six. And then I'm having like a singing class. And then I'm going to drawing class, you know, like that. I mean, I loved it. I mean, yeah. I love, and I'm, I know, I'm, I mean, I realized that I was very privileged in that way. Yeah. Because I could, all, I always had access to those things. Yes. Um, but the social aspect of it, uh, I mean, girl, I mean, the social aspect was hard of it. Like, I yeah, mean, girl, of yeah. I mean, same, like really growing up in Cyprus, like it was fucking shit. But I consider myself quite privileged because I had parents that loved me to death and yes. would I like really like yes. support me and that's actually what you need, you know? Yes. But gender really is like a fucked up issue because like yes. even, wh- what are your pronouns? What do you identify as? I mean, I've been thinking, if you like, I mean, um, I've been thinking about that a lot because it's, I've never really related to any of those labels. Yeah. So I... I I would I would say they because I just but it's kind of like I'm so fluid with my gender that it's I really I I don't understand it myself, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like when I don't understand it myself, how can the other person Yeah, yeah, yeah. label me in yes, that way? Yes, yes, yes. So it's like if you open that box of Pandora, it's kind of like bitch mm. whatever whatever floats your boat. I mean, I mean, I don't enjoy being called it. I mean, no. I don't. I don't. I don't think <laughs> nobody does. Um, but I mean, I've I've been fluid with everything. Uh-huh. So I mean, I've I've identified as a, a as she very long. Uh, then I did they. Then I did he. So it's kind of like I, not that I don't care, because I do. Yeah. Um. But it's very fluid in my my yeah. Like, life i mean actually um always, always i been. i i i don't know i identify as like gender queer because i i yeah. can i can bounce between both uh-huh. but i never i would never like for example call myself a woman well, you know what i mean no, in exactly. like the literal social sense like um because obviously i cannot personally claim that i've ever went through the space as a woman or yeah, anything exactly. evidently but there is a very inherent queer part in what i identify as right yes and actually you remember when i had like long nails for a while Oh, bitch, I went to fucking ING and that day she was feeling it. She had on a bag. She was wearing a skirt. She was like, yeah. you know. Um, so I just sat there, leg on top of one another, and I did this with my hands. And the guy at the fucking bag was like to me, yes, uh, Mr. Rallis. Ah, uh, sorry, Mr. I don't, I don't know what are your pronouns. And I'm like, work ING. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. I mean, that's really nice. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't really, I, like, in that way, I, I kind of want to identify as an ocean. Oh, oh my God! Actually, that's what I wanted to close with. Yeah, literally, it's uh, like I, yeah, that's yeah. kind of like I want to. I, I want to just continue as space. Yes, I just want to be space. That's kind of like what I. That's what my like goal is. Yes, there was uh, there was this post by Sasha Velour. Who yes. was it with? Moma. 
or taste. I think Moma, and it's like she it, like she described it like perfectly because she said like I find um, categories as like squares and colors yeah. much more relatable than I, like categories as male or female because I can be a beautiful square of yellow. Mm-hmm. That's what she said, mm-hmm. and it's like I I really related to that because it's just like bitch. I can I relate much more to like a blue circle than. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. I mean, those are those are girl. No, they're they're so restrictive. Like fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a boy. I'm not a girl. I'm an experience. <laughs> you work. <laughs> you. I want experience. to. Do you have any aspirations for the future or wishes you'd like to um, fulfill? I'm, we would like to work like internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I'm thinking of doing a master's here. Uh, probably in Belgium. Okay, or I mean, yeah. probably in Belgium or in New York. I'm really. I've. I was there like last year, and it's was be- like a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it's like you know substantial. Yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking of that. Um, continue my work in the theater, mm-hmm. and I would like to do like a lot of more, um, like performances that I want to create, and I want to have like my own studio. Where I can work, collaborate with people, um, just work and study and learn and create. Work, honey. I wish, <laughs> I wish that for you. Knowing you, you will yes. fucking do it. I will close off with one of um, the the things that you wrote that were beautiful. Oh, thank and you. then with, which song should we close with? Uh, I Want to Be Loved by the Bop by Amanda Lepore yeah. will be the song. Yes. But the quote goes like, I am like ocean, tossing, turning and always something lurking in the dark flash me into your little box i will stay in there forever carry me with you everywhere you go this is a continuous development it can't be anything no boundaries i am self-proclaimed anyone oh honey that is beautiful thank you so this was quintessentially queer with the lovely kevin petersha yay yay And this was the end of episode four. Tune in next week, bitches, for another episode with me, George Rallis. And you can follow Kevin on Instagram. Yes. Under Kevin Peterson. Uh, Kevin underscore Peterson. Or Or Studio Kevin Peterson. Yes, bitch. Me under Gravity Grave. And you can follow Uva Radio on every platform. And Quintessentially Queer on Facebook. So now, let's close off with Amanda Lepore. And I want to be loved by the Bob. Just you.